website, ojtooks.com. That is O-J-T as in Tom, O-K as in Kite, S as in Steve.com, ojtooks.com. Welcome again to the While You Are Single podcast and enjoy the show. Here is O.J. Tokes. Hello, how you doing? Welcome again to another edition of the While You Are Single podcast. I hope the podcast has been a blessing to you, and I hope you have been sharing with your friends as well. If you happen to be in the Houston area on October 16th, I'd like to invite you to join us for our While You Are Single service, which will be taking place in Library 100 in the Houston Baptist University. For directions, I encourage you to go to our website, whileyouaresingle.org, and we have video directions to Library 100 in Houston Baptist University. Hope you can join us. Again, it's October the 16th. We are going to be talking about the baffle of the sexes. Not the battle, but the baffle of the sexes, because men think women are baffling, and women think men are baffling. Let's discuss and figure out what's going on with the differences between men and women and find out how we can better understand and get along with each other. So I hope you join us October 16, 7.45 p.m., Library 100, Houston Baptist University. Well, this week, I would like to share with you something I discussed in one of our While You're Single services a while ago, getting to your next. By that, I mean getting to the next level, get into the next phase of your life, get into your next season, get into whatever it is that God has for you more than likely something you've been praying to God to do for you. Sometimes we allow situations, we allow people, we allow circumstances to hold us back. So we want to address those issues so that we can better navigate ourselves toward God's best path for our lives. So for the next few weeks, enjoy as we talk about getting to your next. How many of you have heard of the monkey trap? The monkey trap. Okay, the monkey trap is simply a way to trap monkeys, okay? Um, if you Google it, you'll probably hear different variations of the trap, but it has a common theme. I think it was yesterday or so I was watching a documentary on how to trap a monkey. I saw this hunter, he looked like, you know, perhaps he was a, a native African, and uh, he was digging a hole in a mound he was digging a hole in the mound. The funny thing was, <laughs> the monkey he's trying to trap is not too far from him. Just sitting down there watching the guy doing his thing. <laughs> Probably asking, hmm, what's this guy up to? Somehow I think the monkey knew that this guy had some food with him. But the monkey just sat down there. You know how monkeys sat, just looking at the guy from afar in case the guy wants to attack him so that he could run. So he's watching the guy, and the guy was digging a hole in the mound. Then the way the hole is set up, you can stick your hand in the hole, but the bottom is wider, okay? So the guy digs the hole, and he puts food in it, okay? The guy gets up and walks away to stay behind the tree and watch. Then the monkey kind of scans the horizon. <laughs> he looks around, said, okay. He goes to the mound, looking around, make sure it's safe distance, nothing. Sticks his hand in the hole. See some food, he grabs the hole. I mean, he grabs the, the food. Now, because he grabs the food, guess what? His fist is clenched. So he's trying to pull it out. He can't. He can't pull it out. All the monkey has to do is let go, and he'll be free. But no, he's holding on to the food and squealing and yelling and crying and screaming and yelling. 
let go of the food. No, he's trying to pull it out. And while he's struggling, the hunter just walks, you know, gingerly, gets a rope, puts it around the monkey, and I think he hit the elbow of the monkey so that he could release the food and drags the monkey away. A lot of people are like that monkey. They keep holding on to something. And because they're holding on to that thing, that thing is holding them back from their next. Whether it's the next level, whether it's the next dimension, whether it's the next chapter for their lives, they are not letting go. And because they're not letting go, they're stuck they're in bondage, and the enemy just strolls in, puts a noose around your neck, and holds you bondage. And all you had to do, all we had to do was let go. Let go. Paul says in Philippians 3.13, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I haven't arrived, but one thing I focus on, forgetting the past, I press forward. In order for us to press forward, in order for us to get to our next, we need to let go of the previous. We need to let go of the past. Let's skim through some examples in scripture of people that were able to get to their next. Tonight, I want to focus on two main things that holds a lot of us back from moving forward, from getting to the next thing that God has for us. And they're basically people, people and unforgiveness, which comes through people. <laughs> the first person I want to talk about is Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4, God tells Abraham, leave your country. Let go of what's familiar to you. Leave your father's house to a, to a land that I will show you. And like John had mentioned earlier, it's hard to forgive when you don't know what's next. You don't know what's that going to do. And here it is, God telling him, let go of what's familiar to you, famili familiar, let go of that to a land that I will show you. He doesn't know. In Genesis 12, 4, the Bible says, Abraham now left. Great deal. Well, here it is. The Bible says, Lot went with him. <laughs> Lot went with him. Now, I've, I've said this in the past. I'm guilty of this. I've always accused Abraham for taking Lot because God never told Lot anything. God spoke to Abraham. But I've always accused him of taking Lot. But the truth of the matter is, the first time I hear of Abraham and Lot is in Genesis 12, verse 4. It didn't say Abraham took Lot. It just said Lot went with him. Have you ever been in a situation where you tell a friend, hey, I'm going to the store, and your friend says, okay, let's go. <laughs> You didn't ask them to come. Sometimes because we have friends or we know people that will tag along, we don't even tell them what we're doing because you know they're going to tag along. So I think initially, Lot just tagged along. And because Lot tagged along, Abraham is not responsible. You go to the store with your friend. Well, guess what? You're responsible. You can't leave them there. So after Genesis chapter 12, every time you hear of Abraham a lot, you hear Abraham took Lot with him. Now, in the next chapter, there was conflict. 
between Lot's people and Abraham's people, which is the thing. You know, God is trying to get you somewhere. But when we allow people that do not need to be with us, they interfere. There's conflict. And Abraham comes to his senses. And I believe it's in Genesis 13, 13. It says, Lot, let there be no strife between us. Let's separate. You look at wherever you want, take your side, and I'll take mine. And the Bible says, Lot looked at the plains. It was beautiful. He chose that part. And Abraham is left with pretty much nothing. And I know a lot of us feel that way. I mean, I've let go. And initially, when you let go of someone or something, it feels like, what do I have left? But check this out. In Genesis 13, verses 14 to 18, it's very subtle. It's so subtle, it's very easy for us to miss this. The scripture says in Genesis 13, 14, the first thing that popped out after Lot left, God spoke to Abraham. Previously, God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12. Leave your family. Between that and Genesis 13, we didn't hear anything about God telling him anything until Lot left. It's almost like God is on the corner waiting. All right, let's see what's going to happen. Then Lot left and God's like, okay. Hey, Abraham, come here. After Lot left, three things popped out. Number one, God spoke to him. Number two, God opened his eyes because it said, open your eyes. I mean, goodness, of course his eyes are not closed. God opened his eyes. He said, look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. All the land you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. After he let go of Lot. Then God spoke. And God told him, basically, the thing I said I was going to give you, you're already there. He didn't know. Makes me wonder how many of us don't know that we are right smack dab in the middle of the next Chapter, next blessing, next person, next love, next opportunity, next dimension. But we don't know it because we haven't let go. But after Abraham let go of Lot, after he separated from him, then God told him, oh, by the way, you're, where, you're exactly where you need to be. We don't know why God told Abraham to leave his family until we get to Joshua 24, verse 2 and 3. Then we get an idea of why. Joshua tells the people that Abraham's father was Terah and he worshipped other gods. So we need to stay away from people and some of these people sometimes are family members. In Lot's case, he was a cool guy. Nothing particularly wrong with him. Unfortunately, he ends up in Sodom and Gomorrah. What he chose that looked like the best was ended up being Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know how that story went in Genesis 19. Nonetheless, Abraham gets to walk in his blessing because he let go of Lot. The reason God tells him to leave his family is because his dad, his family members were worshiping other gods. So the kind of people, an example that we need to be wary of, obviously we don't want to be around unbelievers because they can influence us the wrong way. And at the same time, family members, they're good, they're kind, we should love them. 
But sometimes God needs us to love them at a distance because they can hold us back from what God has for us. Another example is Rebecca. Genesis chapter 24. We know the story. We have an idea. God tells Abraham, tells his servant to find a wife for Isaac, his son. So the servant prays and uh, the story is in Genesis 24 and he ends up meeting Rebecca. So in Genesis chapter 24, verses uh, 55 to 61, the servant meets Rebecca's family. I mentioned last month that the servant is somewhat a type or a picture or a representation of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I say that is because the servant's name, not mentioned in Genesis 24, but if you read Genesis, you know he was the top servant, uh, the chief servant for Abraham. His name is Eliezer. Eli means God, Ezer means help. So it's God of help, and we know the Holy Spirit is a helper, the God of help. So in a sense, it's kind of a picture of the Holy Spirit. So in a sense, it's like the Holy Spirit finds Rebecca. Okay? And so I mentioned how we need to let the Holy Spirit guide us. If we let him, he guides us into the next thing God has for us. But nonetheless, he finds Rebecca. He tells her basically, you know, Isaac is your husband. She hasn't met the guy. Again, another allusion to not knowing. The next thing, she hasn't met him, but she knows that she has a husband named Isaac. The servant goes to her family members and, it, and, and tells them about Isaac. They were excited. They were happy about it, if I'm not mistaken. They, you know, had a feast and all that good stuff. And the servant now wants to leave with Rebecca. And the family member says, wait a minute. Let her stick around for like 10 more days. They were trying to delay Rebecca makes me wonder how many people are delayed by family members from getting to their next. And a lot of people are like, Rebecca, you know the Spirit of God has revealed to you your next. Not only that you are next, but you have a place to go. God has a man for you. God has a wife for you. God has a promotion for you. God has something for you. Like Rebecca, you're excited. But that's not enough. But that's how people stop right there. She has to do something that somebody mentioned today in the discussion. She has to move. She has to let go of her family to get to her next, Isaac. But her family members were almost interfered with this process. They said, wait 10 more days. The servant said, don't delay me. And I feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit is telling us the same thing. I've already told you what you're supposed to do. Thank you for listening to the While You Are Single podcast. We hope that you were informed, inspired, and impacted. O.J. Tooks has written a life-changing book titled Rejected for a Purpose, How God Uses Rejection to Help You Find and Fulfill Your Destiny. If you would like to learn more about the book, please visit ojtokesministries.org. That is ojtokesministries.org. If you like Christian inspirational hip-hop, check out OJ Tokes' Christian inspirational hip-hop album, A Breath of Fresh Air, which is now available on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, and other music outlets. You can also learn more about his music by going to ojtokesministries.org. Thanks again for listening to the While You Are Single podcast, which OJ Tokes presents weekly, every Monday. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share with your friends and join us again next Monday. Until then, take care and stay blessed.